And I'm Allie. And it's About About Time for True Crime. Hey. Hi, how are you? Oh, just lovely. How are you? I'm lovely. I'm living the dream. I'm very tired. Yes. And I am so full of fries and milkshakes. So... What more could you ask for? Really nothing. I'm in a big comfy blanket in your living room, basically. Uh, I know. Yeah. So life is good for me. See my kitten from here? Oh, he's so cute. He's with us every single time we record. He's just chilling. Usually just sleeps. He really is. And he has such a cute little grumpy face. He's so grumpy. Always around. He's so sweet, but he looks so grumpy. He has bad RBF. He gets it from me, too. Yeah. So it's really cute. Stormy, you look just like mommy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> At least um, I don't sing Rise and Shine to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. what a place the internet is. What a very strange world. Truly. It is. Like, okay. I saw a meme once a long time ago, and I don't remember the full context of it, but it was basically just saying, like, how funny it would be to explain things to aliens. (laughs) Like, if they can, it's like, no, 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 um, yeah, no, water does fall out of the sky, but also it evaporates, but also it's in our lakes and we need it to survive, but also... (laughs) But you can't drink any kind of it. Right, right. And all that blue stuff you see when you look at Earth, yeah, I can't drink that one. No, nope, nope. So it's just funny to think about some of the things that you'd have to explain. Like, also, yes, the internet is real, and you can look up anything and interact with anyone. Except half of the time they're awful, and half of the time they're fine. Yeah, to and good. Some people can be really mean. Yeah. In the um, in the case that I researched for today, oh, I um, I kind of went down a rabbit hole because. I'm getting married this year. Yeah, you are. And I am thinking of that next stage of life Mm -hmm. as we're forced to do and having kids and what that might look like and sound like and feel like and cost and, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And then I found myself on this case. Oh, and I have to say, what the fuck? Okay, so it's wild. Um, absolutely. At the very end, we'll talk more about it. But I was just we were talking about the internet and just like what a weird world we live in and things that go on and time change. You know. Yeah. And just thinking like, okay, in this stage of my life, you know. Right. My mid-20s. Let's see. Where are we going? Preparing for that next stage and then finding a case that's like, okay, like having kids and and what that is. And oh my fucking God. (laughs) It's a ride. I'm really excited. For those of you who don't know, Allie and I never know what the other one's going to talk about unless it's like a very brief hint, such as the name or that it will take up multiple cases or multiple episodes. But I have no idea. I think I just stumbled onto a really good segue for you. I think you did. So I think, why don't we get into it? I think we should. So skippers, stop skipping because we're getting into it early today, babies. Skippers, pods on. Hi, hello, and welcome back to your favorite true crime podcast. Hi. Aw, shucks. You guys. Uh, 
we just, you know, always want to thank you for being here. We love you and love getting to hang out with you. And oh, so quickly, I'd like to remind you to rate, review, follow, download, and tell a friend. It means the world, helps us grow, and most importantly, it tells us that we should keep doing this. Yep. So we appreciate your support. Um, today, like every day, we have a challenging case. In my research, I felt pulled in like a thousand different directions. I think you might too. Hmm. But also in my research, I just want to give a little shout out to some of the sources that I used. Um, the Tennessean. Ooh. Uh, Daily Crime. Um, Oxygen. I think it was Snapped. Had yeah. a, a bit on this. Um, quite a few youtube sort of interviews with some of the players here that we'll talk about in a bit the cinemaholic all of those and more they're always linked below but i just wanted to give a little little tidbit to what we consulted today but we're gonna get into the case starting with our main girl Ooh, okay so her name is leanne smith leanne she was born november 19th 1967 she was one of six children oh she grew up in Davidson County, Tennessee, and she was, like so many of them that we talk about, soft-spoken, a little shy, but very sweet, and when she was comfortable around you, fun and funny and friendly and an awesome girl who turned out to be an awesome woman. Oh, She had a big family, obviously, being one of six, and so when she grew up, she wanted to have a big family. Yeah, that makes sense. After she graduated high school, she met a guy named Terry Mangrum. And Terry was also from a small town and his family owned a marble company. Ooh. I don't mean marbles like playing with marbles. Oh. I mean like slats and counters and like big like sheets of marble. So for them, it would like really be a big deal if they lost their marbles. Already? Already. We're like five minutes in. Ding. <laughs> dad joke count one. Oh no <laughs> uh family meant the world to leanne and again she'd wanted to have that big family and when she was dating terry she kind of could picture having that big family with him mm-hmm. friends and family thought the pair were a great couple and she was very sweet and kind and he was smitten and drawn to those qualities in her and Aww. it just seemed like what a happy couple what a what a sweet pairing they made and I wish this is where I could say that they lived happily ever after and that this was just a little little summary into their little ride off into the sunset. But you know what kind of podcast you're listening to. Yeah. We're not talking about couples that are living out their retirement, holding hands. Uh, it's going to get worse. Damn. Okay. In 1987, so Leanne was 20 years old. She Mm -hmm. found out she was pregnant. This was a surprise to them. This was not a planned pregnancy, but this was not an unwanted pregnancy. They were, they welcomed it. Right. And so they were already engaged and they planned on getting married soon anyway. So this didn't really change anything except everything. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But they had already planned on forever together. They already knew they wanted kids and it wasn't quite the timing they thought it was going to be, but they rolled with it. The timeline just got moved up, it sounds like. So after they were married, Leanne gave birth to their son that they named Terry Jr. Okay. DJ. (laughs) Yes. And then in 1990, she gave birth to their daughter, Alicia. Okay. So that was their two kids. They had two. 
But things got challenging for them because Terry Sr., who I'm, I'm just going to call Terry and I'll specify yeah. who I'm talking about, but you'll be able to tell. He traveled a lot for work. Okay. No, I don't mean the toddler. <laughs> um, Boss baby. <laughs> literally. Is that a dad joke again? Maybe. Another one? Okay. Yikes. But because Terry traveled a lot for work, it put a lot of the pressure and child rearing on Leanne to yeah. do most of the parenting. But he was a provider. So he... He made sure that things were taken care of and and she made sure things were taken care of at home. Right. But it added a lot of stress to their marriage because they hadn't been together very long. They hadn't been together long without a child, let alone two. And he's spending a lot of time traveling for work. Yeah, that definitely could get sticky, especially if... Even if it's a goal that they wanted long term, that is something that at least I would try to prep for a little more than it sounds like they had the ability to. And so that sounds like it could definitely get sticky quick if they don't have all of the, if they haven't had all of the important conversations for each other's well-being while raising kids. Right. And I don't think that this was like a week or so away. I think he did some significant traveling. Right. So a lot of the time she was essentially on her own, but she was an awesome mom. She loved being a mom. Oh. When their son wanted to play football, she got him enrolled and she never missed a game. And when Alicia wanted to do cheerleading, she got her enrolled and she was even a coach. Oh, yeah, so she's so involved. She was involved. But when Terry Sr. was home, they fought a lot. And by the late 90s, it had kind of gotten to a point where divorce was on the table. Oh, okay. And then they ultimately decided to get divorced. And once that was finalized, Leanne decided that she needed a change. She didn't okay. want to continue living in Fairview, Tennessee, where she was where they were it's kind of a a smaller town she wanted to just get out a little bit and see what that might look like some other job opportunities and so she said I'm gonna leave this small quiet town behind and she moved to Nashville ooh, which was only about 35 miles away but an entirely different kind of place right and she brought the kids with her. Okay. So the kids went from small town farmland type surroundings and environment to a major tourist destination. Right. A big city feel. But she was trying to change her life. She was working. Okay. And she started taking college classes to better herself. So she was balancing, starting a new job, paying for the bills, engaging in classes, and trying to do well in those while also having her two kids with her full-time. But Which is like the equivalent of, what, three full-time jobs basically. that she's trying to do? But the challenging part was that the kids wanted to go home. Oh. And the kids wanted to go home because it was familiar, because right. this was all new. And it wasn't just new, but it was so different. It's new. It's different. All of your friends are there. It- Mom and dad were together when we were there. Like, yeah. Yeah, they were in school. You know, things, it was just different. The city was too busy for them. And no matter what, change is hard. But this change was very hard because your parents were married. Now they're not. 
mom lives here in the city, which you have never been in a city before. You have to go to the school now with all your friends that aren't there. And so all of these things change. Of course, they're just going to want it to go back to the way that it was. Of course. What kid wouldn't? But back in Fairview, Terry Sr. was living the dream. His kids were Mm. away and he had time for himself, which he'd not really ever had. Remember, Leanne and Terry married at like 20. Okay. So their 20s were spent having and raising kids and they were good parents. So they weren't out partying every weekend. They didn't drop their kids off on relatives and say, you know, we're going to go here and do this. They, you know, he focused on his work. He focused on the family. She focused on the kids and getting them to where they needed to be. But of course, there's sacrifice in that. Yeah. But this was the time where... When the kids were in Nashville with her, he's sort of like, okay, this is the first time in my adult life, essentially, that I'm only worrying about me day to day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a huge change in his life. He had, it had been a long time since he was just taking care of himself. And so he had his fun. He bought a fast car and he bought a motorcycle and he was enjoying himself. And one day he took his motorcycle for a ride and he stopped to get gas and he met a woman who was also on a motorcycle and the two struck up conversation. This woman, as it turns out, was Kimberly. Okay, Kimberly. But Kimberly was known by many as Gypsy. Rose? Uh, right. <laughs> But fuck her. I'm calling her Kimberly. Okay. She's not even getting Kim or Kimmy. It's Kimberly. Okay. Noted. Because she's grounded. Yeah. Okay. But when Kimberly and Terry Sr. begin dating, things seem to be going really well. Okay. As it progressed, she was introduced to the kids and Terry was impressed with how well she took to them. She seemed to really like being a stepmom okay kind of the the bonus mom if -hmm. you will and the kids seemed to like her all things considered it was instant adjustment no matter what but she was good to them dad seemed happy right Mm, okay what else can you really ask for and because terry jr and alicia didn't really like living in nashville and wanted to go back to their schools and their friends Leanne and Terry Sr. worked out an agreement that the kids would primarily be with him so that those aspects of their lives could stay the same. Okay. That actually sounds like a very beneficial arrangement for the kids. It was a good co-parenting relationship that they had before Kimberly. Okay. So around this time that the kids are with them or with Terry full time, Kimberly is now living there and they're getting a lot more serious and they even got married oh wow this is real fast and then at this point it's where everything changed because kimberly liked to live life recklessly and without care she didn't really stay in one place very long and wherever she did settle she ran with some rougher crowds okay motorcycle gangs lots of violence um some you know criminal crowds that she'd run with she was a loud mouth. She was overbearing. She was aggressive. I th- I feel like you can picture her and mm-hmm. you're and you're right. I guarantee you you're In right. In my mind's eye, I know exactly what Kimberly looks like. Yeah. The name yeah. Kimberly is very pretty. This woman is not. Put it that way. That 
And for some unknown reason, Kimberly hated Leanne with some inhuman force. She despised the woman. And I cannot understand why. Because if anything, I could imagine Leanne hating Kimberly. Yeah. And even that, it's like, but you guys are divorced. Like, you ha- like at that point, you care about how your kids are treated. Right. It's, it's, you've got no claim. You You and your husband have divorced. He can see who he wants to. Your only care in the world is how that person interacts with your children. Right. And impacts their life. Yes. And if they're not a positive influence, then they shouldn't be an influence. Well, and also I could imagine, you know, it's always interesting. I think, especially when you're younger and you like start dating people, you always kind of, you suss out the exes. You're like, hmm. Do I need to be worried about this one? But it's like, it sounds like their divorce was incredibly mutual. They're living in very different places and they might be great co-parents, which I I don't even know enough to say whether or not they were, but that has nothing to do with your relationship with this man. What I will say is as someone with anxiety and basic compassion for other people, knowing that all of this change just happened in these kids' lives would probably make me take it slower so that I wasn't giving them whiplash. Right, but because you care about the family unit. Right. And you're willing to accept a sacrifice and do what's best for everybody. Kimberly cares about Kimberly. Yeah, I was getting that impression. Say more. So the odd thing was (laughs) is that Leanne didn't hate Kimberly, again, this was Kimberly coming into this family and demonizing Leanne. Right. Even if Leanne was like, I don't really... Whatever you want, yeah. ...have an opinion either way, um, that slowly changed because Kimberly was so aggressive and outwardly... She's a loudmouth. She was that person. Mm. You know that person. You've seen that person. You probably go away from that person. Yeah, usually. This is that person. Got it. So Leanne was a good mom. She was a good woman. She was a hard worker and she did not treat Kimberly poorly. But for some reason that I really can't unpack, she hated Leanne. And what it's alluded to in some sources is that the reason, the deeper reason why Kimberly didn't like Leanne is because she felt threatened because I think she feared that if Leanne wanted to get back with Terry, he would do so. Mm. I don't know. I mean, again, they got divorced. This was a mutual decision. She had moved away for a bit. She was not living there. And they had a good co-parenting relationship, but Kimberly seemed to be insecure and think he'll go back to her so i basically need to demonize this woman i don't know Mm -hmm. but she made it her mission to make leanne's life hell and what is the number one way you make a woman's life hell when she's a good mom turn her kids against her and keep her from them yep are you kidding and she did both she was hell bent on stopping leanne from seeing her kids she fought about visitation in custody with Leanne over what her own fuck? kids. These aren't your kids, Kimberly. Also, sit the fuck down, Kimberly. Kimberly, they are fucking humans. They are not pawns in whatever fucking chess game you want to play. And that's what she made them. She made them like game pieces. 
I fucking hate it when people do that to children. It's like these are little people who are going to grow into adults and do things based off of whatever your petty ass wanted to do when they were seven. And it's awful because parents are the ones almost always doing this, using the kids as a pawn. It's like, how dare you? Right. You are there to protect them, to defend them, to raise them, to be their cheerleader and their like their their enforcer you set the tone you set the example you set the expectations for what every relationship is going to look like in their lives and that's how you lead that literally and especially in their case where it sounds like they had a good co-parenting relationship and they were able to get along for the kids sake i i mean again that's not the same as keeping a marriage alive and that is totally fine that's their journey but the idea that you could have a decent relationship in a divorce for the kids sake to have that wrecked by fucking Kimberly because she has I don't know some fucking attachment wound that she hasn't healed in therapy like it's just devastating for the kids like they are the ones getting all I won't say all of the shit in this but they're getting a majority of the trauma from this oh yeah and it's gonna it's gonna get worse oh so good okay the other aspect of this that bothers me, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but Terry Sr., what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You and Leanne might not be married, but that is the mother of your children. Yep. And you know that she's a good mom. How dare you try to prevent her from seeing her children? And how dare you let this new skank come in and with her little claws? And I picture her hands like that. You know what I mean. Um metal in not only like your family but your children's lives their relationship with their mother after they've already gone through enough change like where the fuck are you terry well and also like knock knock where's terry i know earth to terry there's no foresight either like i guess ultimately you know i have no problem that he moved on and he found someone i have a problem with the boundaries he clearly isn't setting there but when you think about co-parenting, like, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people say, like, oh, it's at least 18 years of a commitment. Like, that's your whole life. That mm-hmm. kid is always going to be your kid until you die. And you are setting up for failure the relationship with the person who helped give you the gift of that child, but also who will also be their parent for the rest of that child's life or in that parent's life. So, like... The idea of I've moved on and now I'm just going to stay out of it because girls will be girls or whatever. I don't I don't care. He is digging a hole by letting this happen. Yeah, he's um on my shit list, too. OK, basically, yeah. because it takes two to tango and you brought that into your home. You you either take out the trash or you take out the trash. Those are your options. Yep. OK, uh, the answer is clear. Tara Bear. OK. Tear bear, Tear bear. Figure it out. So again, Kimberly was just trying to remove the children from Leanne's custody based on like no grounds. Mm. She started placing calls to Child Protective Services and Kimberly? claimed, yes, and claimed that Leanne was abusive to the chi- to the kids. Are you fucking kidding me? No, there are no records of abuse. By also- the way. Hmm. DCYF has so much more to deal with. 
yeah. than petty fucking calls for this. Like there are actual kids being actually abused and neglected that need that time and energy. Not only do you take resources, limited resources mm-hmm. away from those who really need it, but at the same time, you perpetuate that uh, that sense of those things really don't happen. You know, when you, you right. make false calls and you do things like that, you take it away from the people that really experience that. Right. Because people will always minimize pain and minimize trauma. And when you make it up, you also contribute to that minimization. And that is infuriating also. So it's like right. in every way you just like, Kimberly, what the fuck? So many cases were open and closed on Leanne. Ugh. So in my opinion, if you are wasting limited resources on your own personal vendetta against a woman who never harmed her kids or harmed you, you've earned a spot on my shit list. Yeah, that's fair. You also get a spot on that list when you use innocent children as a pawn in your own issues with someone else. Yeah. So you get like a little star next to your name if you do both. Double whammy. Damn. Correct. Terry and Kimberly filed for full custody and won. What? Because, well, I'm sure it had something to do with Leanne being a single mom. Okay. And probably not having access to the resources to help her, like, to assist her in the process. She's a single mom. She's trying to go to school. She lives out of town in Nashville trying to make something better. Because she just wasn't able to obtain that where she was living. And then there's Terry and Kimberly who are married. And Kimberly can play the the part of a great stepmom. And Terry's a provider. Right. And there's two of them. And the kids were like, hey, my friends are here. And the kids have now started to be turned on their mom. And so if you ask the kids, they're going to say, yeah, over here. Because they've been essentially brainwashed to say that. They're still right. young enough. So, do I think Leanne did anything wrong? I've seen no sources to say that she was abusive or a bad mom or anything like that. Yeah. I do have sources to say that Kimberly was not a good stepmom. But in this case, what was aired and what wasn't, right? you know, it, it weighed in. And so, ultimately, they were awarded that custody. It's just frustrating, I guess. You said sole custody, right? Yeah, they have full custody. I guess it's frustrating in a lot of ways. A, it really minimizes the worth of the children as their own people. Mm-hmm. Like, and not saying that they are worth less now that that happened, but just saying, like, you are diminishing them in your head to just a piece of this game or a player to be manipulated yeah in a way to just hurt this other woman but also it's very frustrating to me and i don't i don't have kids i can't talk about what this is like i do have exes that i wish i'd never have to see again so i i can in my brain wrap my head around the fact that you might have children with someone and you might love your children with all your heart and soul and still never want to see that person again but I also have a very hard time wrapping my head around the fact that if you actually really loved someone even if that person is your kids you would make an active effort 
to at least get along with the people that they love, which does include that ex. And it is so frustrating to me to see something like this where a strong, healthy maternal bond is so good for those kids. And had Terry and Kimberly not fucking gone this route, they could have had two of those potentially. Mm -hmm. And so now it's really taking away from the kiddos and it's adding a negative role model and taking away a positive one. And you're, it's not, I, I can't say, she's not a homewrecker, mm-hmm. right? Because they were already divorced and everything, but you come in and you wrecked this home. Yeah. Like, not in the traditional what was left sense, of it. Yeah. I guess. But, like, this was a happy, functioning family, even though it looked different now. Right. And Kimberly comes in and just, like, takes a fat shit on it, basically. Oh, Kimberly. Okay. So, Leanne was devastated. Right. With this. And she could not stand to be far from her kids. So she packed her bags and she moved back so that she could be closer to her kids. Yeah. Oh. And she was able to get visitation with them because, again, she was not awarded custody. Right. But now Kimberly and Leanne were closer in proximity and that made room for more altercations, including name calling and aggression and nasty phone calls and it even got physical at times Mm -hmm. which resulted in law enforcement showing up and having to break up the fight what the hell but meanwhile in the home kimberly had changed her tune and she had become increasingly aggressive toward the kids as well okay by this time terry jr was about 15 and alicia was about 12 oh She barked orders at them and told them what an awful, terrible person their mom was. She told them that their mom didn't love her and didn't want, excuse me, that their mom didn't love them or want them. And that's why they lived with their dad full time. that's so fucked up. And she had them call their mom and tell her like they hated her and like all this awful shit, even Leanne's family like those relatives on their mom's side right kimberly would have them call and essentially start shit or like have a tantrum on the phone wow as to why you know i hate you and and all this shit it was horrible and again you might be wondering where is terry senior and so am i my guess is he's traveling a lot yeah still And Mm -hmm. so Kimberly is the main person with access to these kids. And he might not either be aware or he might be ignoring or he's not thinking it's that bad. But I don't think he's as involved with this as maybe he would be had he been home. And, And I struggle with this because he traveled for work to provide for his family. This was a family business. He provided well. He did very well. Kimberly had money she'd never had before, which is another reason why she wanted to be there. Right. But I struggle with this because I cannot imagine a world in which I meet someone and quickly they move in and then become the primary parent to my kids. And mind you, I don't have kids. Right. So this is all just, you know, from my childless point of, you know, point of view. But no matter how well you think you know somebody no matter how well he thought he knew her he did not and he gave her full access to his kids and in that way he is responsible no he absolutely plays a significant role in this and 
you know, I, and again, this is like my psych background, my interest in the brain and all of that. But with kids, especially, they are not full grown adults. And a lot of people seem to forget that. And I don't mean like they can't walk normally because they have to learn to walk and like, you know what I mean? I don't mean that. I mean, their brain is not even half fucking developed. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they are not a functional human being without you rearing them. That's why we have kids stay with us so long. We're one of the longest species in the world to rear our children because a, our brains are so complex and we have to teach them so much. But especially given that the idea of getting divorced again very normal thing happens to at least half of all marriages you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but the idea of doing that without any like setting aside any recourse or education or extra attachment time with those kids to help heal that attachment wound but also to set them up for success later on by taking it slow with a partner in front of them. And listen, Kimberly and Terry could have been married at City Hall and I wouldn't have given a fuck so long as that introduction to the kids was at a pace that they were comfortable with, not that Terry and Kimberly were. I keep wanting to call them Carrie and Timberly. But (laughs) yeah, not I want the kids to have more of a say in it than it seems like they do. And then on top of that to... Have this person that you haven't known super long. You've, you know well enough to know you want to marry, but it, it hasn't been super long. You haven't been gone and having this person care for your children for a long time before you decide that that's an okay permanent solution. And then how do you not notice when your kids are behaving differently? You know there's an adjustment. There's a change. What you, that's not just hormones, bud. Come on now. Right. And even in the worst fights, even if, and again, it doesn't sound like there's anything to suggest this, but even if it was like an abusive marriage and Terry and Leanne like fucking were at each other's throats, you still know that other person. You were married to them. You live with them. You procreated with them. It's insane to me to think with the switch or the speed, I guess, that the switch happened with those kids of, like, we love mom, mom's the best, to, like, fuck Leanne mm-hmm. would be concerning. That's a red flag. Like, And he's not the one abusing them, but he's the one who is responsible for who he allows in his home. And for that, he owns that. And for who takes care of his kids. That was a piece of this that I struggled with because I want to, like, shake him. Right. And, you know, all of this. Because raising kids is the most important responsibility you have. Yep. And these children became withdrawn. And they started verbalizing out loud that they hated their mom. Oh. And at first, Kimberly seemed to, like, love bomb them to win them over. And then spoke ill of their mom. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, slipped that into conversation. And then once she was married to Terry... And she wasn't easy to get rid of. She couldn't just be dumped. Right. Because remember, Terry makes money. Yeah. And she's never had that before and she likes it. So she kind of dabbled in talking shit about Leanne. And then when she was married, she turned like full force aggressive. Turned it up to 11. Yeah. Yes. Neighbors recalled that before Kimberly was even part of the equation, the kids would laugh and play outside 
And when they Mm. saw Terry Sr., he would stop and have a conversation with them. And it seemed like a happy, healthy family. Right. And then when Kimberly was there, the kids weren't seen. No one talked. No one even waved. It was an entirely different environment in that home. And even from the outside looking in, you could feel it. That is so palpable. Like if your neighbors can tell just from the dynamic shift. Okay. So this is where we're going to leave the family. We're going to drop that pin and we're going to skip ahead to September 8th, 2002. Okay. A fisherman arrived at Turnbull Creek and he discovered a red Jeep submerged in water. Ooh. He figured that someone must have lost control of their vehicle and it went into the water. And so he kind of got closer to check on it. And just outside the driver's door, he saw a body floating in the water. Ooh. So he got the fuck out of there. As he should. And called 911 from his cell phone. Ooh, as he should. We love it. Dixon County Sheriff's deputies arrived very quickly. Nice. The first thing they did was check the Jeep's registration. To see who that came registered to, and it was to Leanne Smith Mangrum. Oh, Kimberly. Mm. The body in the water was found face down, mm-hmm. clothed, and with a torn shirt. There was hmm. a cut to the left cheek. There was a lot of trauma to the body, especially in the head, but really all over. Okay. And... They were actually able to confirm that this was 34-year-old Leanne. 34. Holy so no. with being able to confirm the Jeep belonged to her and then being able to confirm, you know, it, right. they kind of thought it was going to be her and then they could determine that. So then it was time to make the notifications. Ugh. Leanne's mom was notified. This poor woman, once she was able to compose herself, investigators needed any information that she could give them about what might have happened right of course when was the last time you saw her when was the last time you talked to her is there anybody you know who would want to harm her Mm -hmm. she told them that the night before so saturday night she got a call from leanne around 9 p.m okay leanne was with some friends at a sports bar watching a football game And when they chatted over the phone, they made plans for the next morning, so Sunday morning, to go to church together. Okay. But Sunday morning is when she was found, so she did not make it to church that morning. So it was between 9 p.m. when they called and the morning after? Yes. Okay. Her mom said that they, you know, hung up after that and everything sounded fine, but that at 5.30 in the morning, the phone rang again. Hmm. And she answered it, and she heard a familiar voice say, help me, mama, help me, I'm scared. And she knew that she'd heard the voice before. It was a familiar voice, but it didn't jump out at her like this, I know exactly who this is. Right, okay. So from what I can tell, it seems like it was Leanne. That's so chilling. It kind of goes unconfirmed. I mean, it it sort of makes sense. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I didn't see in any sources to say, yep, we know at this time this phone call was made from Leanne's phone. Nothing like that. But that's what she woke up and heard. But she like, and I imagine that if that's your kid, you know that that's your kid. So I don't know. That just seems it's very eerie. Yeah, that's the other piece to to it for me is like I can't imagine it being anyone but Leanne. But it's hard to 
I mean, she's got siblings, so the odds of that are slim to none, but I suppose stranger things Possible. have happened. I don't know. So that that was an odd thing. So they, they said, okay, so you spoke with her at around nine o'clock. She was out. Okay. So they're, they're piecing together what that night might have looked like. Okay. So after they chatted with her mom, unfortunately, they did still have another notification to make and that was to her kids. Right. So... They went to the Mangrum home. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Terry and Alicia live with the dad. So Terry Sr.'s there, Kimberly's there, and the kids. Right. So when investigators got there, they spoke to all of them at once. Okay. They didn't separate them out or anything like that. They just sort of told them all in one room and said that Leanne was dead. Okay. And no one said anything. No one? No one. Ooh, we always say on this podcast there's no right way to grieve and you never know what it's like unless you experience it yourself but the kids did not ask any questions as to what happened they did not seem shocked by this news Mm. they were not unsurprised they were neutral and this reaction to investigators was like whoa Yeah, normally you expect to go in there and get some sort of shit. And I don't mean like people are giving the offices shit. I'm sure that happens at times too because anger is a very normal part of grief. But Mm -hmm. like normally you're expecting to have to describe some part of it. Like, Yeah, like how do you know for sure? There's no way this could be it. No, no, I just saw her. No, I just talked to her. There's no denial. There's no anger. There's no overarching sadness. It's just like, oh, okay. And they just got crickets and it's like, okay, so some, and some people grieve very stoic and that right. isn't something to, you know, scoff at or be suspicious of. But in this case, Kimberly just drops a fucking story after all of that. Huh? After I think maybe she could tell that the officers were like, okay, so nobody this really weird, huh? like, yeah, it's just kind of what then like we inter- interrupt something or <laughs> what's going on? Like you want us to leave? And, uh, Kimberly says this. She says, Leanne stopped by the house that the night before and mm. was asking for pills because mm. Kimberly said Leanne had a sub an issue with substance use. Kimberly. Hold on. Kimberly then said that even though Leanne was driving her red Jeep, there was also a guy named Bob with her who was driving a separate car behind her and that car was a newer black mustang okay Okay, bob so bob was with leanne and when leanne came to the door and is like i need drugs and kimberly said that bob was creepy and his eyes looked evil and he had this long curly dark hair that was like gray gray and black salt and pepper going on And Kimberly claimed she was uncomfortable with Bob being there because she didn't know him and he looked creepy. So she just figured she would oblige and she found what she could to get them to leave. She said she found a single clonopin and gave it to them. I don't know if they were supposed to split that or what, but um, apparently they just left after that because you come drugs you come pill seeking to your ex-husband's house 
and speak with the woman who got your kids taken away and you're like yeah 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 that's water under the bridge do you do you got the drugs and she's like yeah hold on actually i have a spare clonopin rattling around the bottom of my purse because i'm not even gonna pretend to have a full script for you i found it with an old cough drop that's older than your kid there is hair on it but you can have that too if you but want. i went and it's Hulls, all good now Hulls is a hell of a drug it's five what? second roll what the fuck kimberly yes. but does homegirl think we're dumb enough to believe that it seems so that the woman she despises would go to her for a favor and that this woman would actually do her the favor of here take this singular tic tac pill mm-hmm. and off you fuck that's not didn't happen it just doesn't happen so and there's also i will add no evidence of a substance use history at all there was no reason to believe that leanne would approach her and ask for pills and of all people would you really think she's going to kimberly i think the fuck not Not only that, but Leanne packed up and moved back to this town so she could be closer to her kids because this woman fought for full custody against her and won. Why would she be the one you'd go to to break the law? Well, like you're just giving her ammunition to use against you in court to keep custody of your kids, which you are fighting to get back. Right. So there's so many different layers as to why this makes zero sense. But also, um... This is such a stupid time to bring it up. And I'm sorry, like, no one grieves the same and you can't really judge how someone's doing it. But the idea that someone's like, well, this person's dead and it's crickets. And they're like, all right, so nothing else. I guess we'll go. And you're like, hold on, actually. I gave her drugs. Yeah, but she's saying this happened the night before. No, I know. It's just so like, it's like, um, so there's this Bob guy. Yeah. Wicked evil eyes so so old so creepy like dark eyes it looks like like a demon it's like but but nice car um yeah so the math ain't mathin no this two and two is not four kimberly said that after this very odd interaction leanne and bob left and that was the last that she heard of her Mm. and then when the kids were asked about it the kids gave the exact same story okay like two a t correct huh okay as if rehearsed. I don't know. That's just me, though. That's just me. I mean, memories don't normally work that way, but maybe they're special. As it turns out, Leanne had been with a, na- a man named Robert on Saturday night. Oh. So, Robert, Bob. Bob, yeah. Okay. When Leanne called her mom from the sports bar, it was actually with his phone. Okay. So, they went to talk to him, and though he said, yes, we went to watch football at the sports bar, um, he said that um they had been spending a lot of time together they had actually had plans to get together the next day too oh okay so when he was told of her death he appeared and believingly so the uh, investigators believed he was genuine in his reaction he had no idea and he was very upset right to hear of her passing but what stood out about bob the most was you know, not just his genuine reaction to the news that she's dead, but also the fact that he does not have the black Mustang that this Bob character was su- 
supposedly driving. But also, he looked nothing like the description. He didn't have the evil eyes he didn't have long curly hair he didn't he didn't have he did not match this description at all so it was like okay so then investigators are like all right let's go to leanne's house yeah leanne was renting a trailer not far from there so they went there and on the front lawn they found cigarette butts which they bagged for evidence but inside the trailer was a shit show okay it was completely in disarray. There were broken windows. There were broken photos. Holy hell. Furniture was overturned. Drawers had been opened, dug through, emptied. Clothes were just thrown on the floor. It looked like an actual tornado went through every single room. Holy shit. And while this was concerning, investigators thought this looked a bit overdone. Yeah. It just looked too far. It didn't follow a pattern that they could see okay so they enter you know someone must have entered here and went in this room it was like every single room every single inch was ransacked was ransacked it it kind of looked like staged staged overkill kind of too much too far okay not something that you might see in a genuine burglary or you know home invasion have motive even like a burglary or a home invasion you're looking for valuables so police are going to see places ransacked that people would either keep something valuable or someone would think they would keep something valuable but like nobody really cares to go through your couch cushions if they're looking for your diamond jewelry they know you're not keeping that there yeah and it seemed like even though it was like they're looking for signs of a struggle but there was every sign of a struggle right (laughs) you know and so they tried to take what they could find, which was a bloody palm print. Okay. And which they hoped would give them something to work with. And then there was blood on the front door. Okay. So they're like, all right, we found these things that might lead us in the right direction, but everything else just looked like one massive red herring. Right. The autopsy results finally came in and... It was determined that Leanne's injuries were sustained from a baseball bat Ooh. and that she'd, she'd been beaten in the head and on the back and on the torso, but her mm. cause of death was not from blunt force. It was drowning. You told me a blunt force that trauma? You tell me a shrimp fried this rice? Damn. Damn. That uh, is... Okay, so she was incapacitated when they put her into the jeep and drove it into the lake or got her submerged somehow that's what it sounds like okay and again we'll we'll go into all of that but yes so they think that she was beaten first probably unconscious and then drowned afterwards okay that okay yeah at leanne's funeral friends and family gathered it was very somber Mm. but who wasn't there was kimberly Mm. which Okay, I get that. But Terry Sr., which... He wasn't there either? I would think he he would have been there. And Terry Jr. and Alicia. Mm. Rut-row. You don't... Similar to the Yana case, you don't miss your mom's funeral. Mm -mm. Unless you are also, like, in the ICU... 
out because you were in whatever shit she was. You don't miss your mom's funeral, especially as a fucking teenager. It was noticed by everybody that was there who was missing. Okay. Investigators took note of this absence. And while it would make sense why Kimberly wasn't there, Leanne's kids missing was obvious and strange and a little bit concerning. Her own two kids. And the father of those kids is... mm. Yeah. So while we thought it was weird, they thought it was weird. Well, that's good. Because it is. Leanne's brother brought a folder to one of the investigators that was at the funeral and said, I don't know if you already have this, but if you don't, you should. Ooh. And it was paperwork that showed that just days before she died, Leanne had served Terry and Kimberly papers because she was contesting the custody agreement they had okay or arrangement i mean it wasn't something she agreed to but yes because she was fighting to gain custody i don't know if it was full custody but she was she her rights had essentially been taken from her and she was fighting for those back right so a hearing had actually already been scheduled but she was murdered days before that hearing was going to happen holy shit so she didn't make it to that but over time the case grew colder. No new information was available. Investigators had their sights on Terry and Kimberly just yeah. because, you know, the events following her death were too odd to ignore. But something being odd isn't, isn't something evidence. that you can arrest somebody for. Right. So months passed and there was still nothing. Oh, my gosh. But neighbors of the Mangrum home were interviewed about the days before and after Leanne's death. So there, Terry and Kimberly's neighbors, did anything stand out before this date, after this date? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us anything in this, you know, week or so that might have stood out to you? And some of them had an interesting story to tell. Hmm. Some neighbors said that Kimberly was aggressive and abrasive, especially with the kids. And sometimes the kids even seemed afraid of her. Because she would yell in their face, she would get in their face, she would scold them over nothing. And, you know, neighbors notice. Yeah. They said it was odd to see the kids outside because it had been quite some time since anyone looked like more than zombie, basically. So they saw the kids outside at this time and they were like, hmm, that's different than it's been lately. So it was odd enough they were out there, but it was even more odd odd to see what they were doing. Because Kimberly was pointing and barking orders at them again, but it was to clean her, get this, newer black Mustang. Hmm. They were out there detailing it for hours. And the neighbor had never seen that before. She is literally like the wicked stepmom from fucking Cinderella. What the fuck? Yes. And the ironic part about this, the funny part, Mm -hmm. the little suspicious part about it, Mm -hmm. is that the day that they were seen detailing was the day that Leanne's body was found. Mm. Okay. Squeaky clean, huh? Isn't it funny that Kimberly said that she saw a black Mustang driven by a man named Bob follow Leanne's Jeep? Yeah. And 
Is it a little bit more funny that it seems like it would be a very convenient story to tell for when people said, hey, I saw a black Mustang following Leanne's Jeep? Yeah, sure would be. Wouldn't that just be a, a nice little cover story? Maybe? I don't know. Pretty interesting. I'll uh, say that. A little wee bit. I'm not sure. Okay. I think it's... Um, Como se dice, how you say, dumb Mm. to own the car that you claim someone else owned that then followed her. But And the um, funny thing is, is that car was normally either like in a little shed or garage or something. And so it wasn't like when the law, when law enforcement went initially to make the notification that they were like, Black Mustang, you say, like that one? Yeah. It wasn't visible to them and they had no right or reason to go like snooping around their property. They just made a death notification. They're not under investigation. Right. Yet. Oh, Kimberly, you think you're very smart. In December 2003, uh, DNA belonging to Terry Sr. and Terry Jr. were tested. Okay. And they compared it to the DNA found at both where her body was found, but also in the trailer. Good. The blood found on the door at the trailer matched 15-year-old Terry Jr., as did some some other evidence. And that palm print matched 12-year-old Alicia. Oh, my God. So after they figured out it, things matched Terry, they were like, we got to figure out her. And yeah. we got to figure out all, like wh- what's going on here. What's what's up with that? So then when a search warrant allowed them to get DNA from Kimberly, she whipped up some details she forgot to tell them about. She said that, hmm. oh, um, by the way, totally forgot to mention. Um, a few days before she died... I went over Leanne's house to talk about custody and I smoked some cigarettes in the yard. So you should find some cigarette butts mm. that match me. Just so you know. And they were like, mm-hmm, we already have them. Yeah. Um, also, she's portraying a far chummier relationship that she had with Leanne that it sounds like she ever fucking wanted. And the the funny piece of this is, is that they didn't bring in this brand new law enforcement team to investigate this case. This is the same group of officers that were called to break them up. They're like, we know you hate her. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? We've been called here for domestics like so many times because you can't keep your own meaty finger in your own face. It's okay? to the point where we keep saying, Kimberly, drop it. It's just, it's. <sighs> I know. Oh, I know. So then... The brain cell is working hard as shit. Okay. Is it though? I don't know about that. Because with Kimberly's DNA confirmed at the trailer, she was arrested. Hey. And a grand jury indicted her on various charges. But this was just law enforcement getting their foot in the door. Right. Because pretty soon they found out what really happened. Ooh, okay, okay. Kimberly threw these damn kids right under the bus. She said, Terry Jr. took the Mustang out, and it must have been him. So if it was seen out and it was seen doing whatever, it must have been this kid. Yeah, because you're going to let this 15-year-old take out your new black Mustang. Yeah, a kid who can't legally drive. Sure. Yeah. Then she said, Alicia had something in her backpack so you should look in her backpack because there's definitely something related to whatever's going on in Alicia's backpack. Did you check the backpack yet? And so she repeated the same stupid story about Leanne seeking drugs and Bob and 
given like giving them the clonopin the singular clonopin and leaving she stuck to the story that she had told over a year ago by this point and uh the kids were spoken to again because they were getting nowhere with kimberly Mm -hmm. but terry jr and alicia they ended up having more to say okay so alicia repeated the same story that she had given last time but they pretty much leveled with her and we said we know this isn't true when it's time to tell the truth now okay and then she told a different story oh good alicia okay honesty is a good policy just wait so alicia tells this she said on saturday night so september 7th Mm -hmm. her dad went to bed and her kimberly and her brother were still awake okay so kimberly made the kids get in the mustang and when they they you know got settled in the car whatever they apparently didn't know what they were going to do but kimberly had packed rubber gloves rope she had like a baseball bat Mm. might sound familiar i don't know yeah other things and other supplies in the car and kimberly drove with the kids in the car to leanne's trailer okay but leanne wasn't there Mm. and she wasn't thrilled about this but as they were leaving because she was starting to drive away down the road came leanne coming home Mm. because she had left the sports bar and she was going home so as they passed her she whips her mustang around and follows leanne Mm -hmm. down the road Mm -hmm. and then they're outside of her house and kimberly took the baseball bat and started beating the car like hitting the jeep the red jeep that leanne drove okay so she's hitting the car and then she rips open the driver's side door and she grabs leanne by the hair and drags her out of the car and threw her on the ground eek that's like some public school shit all the while her kids are watching they're watching their stepmom do this to their mom kimberly punched leanne and then she beat her with the baseball bat and knocked her out holy fuck kimberly then she gave terry jr like a wooden slat basically and ordered him to beat his mom with it oh my god he refused good and that's when kimberly threatened to beat him if he didn't oh so he did so his mom's already incapacitated and he's beating his own mom buddy with basically like a stick like a a, like solid wood basically okay together they tied leanne's arms behind her back and loaded her into her own car she told terry jr to follow driving his mom's car so kimberly drove the mustang terry's driving this jeep with his mom in it in the trunk like knocked out and injured and just follows down to the side of turnbull creek Hmm. terry was made to pull his mom out from the jeep and alicia was then ordered to grab kimberly's pills so kimberly had this like Mm -hmm. what i imagine is like a giant ass ziploc bag (laughs) of pills i imagine like miscellaneous loose not not in (laughs) container just full ass pills i imagine like so many different 
brands of ibuprofen like the the little red circle ones and the long advils and like you know what i mean i just imagine the powder at the bottom oh, of yeah. the bag like this is a this bag has seen some shit oh and when you open it you get like a little burst and you have to be like <laughs> like i have yes. i haven't tasted a pill like that in a long time like it's Ugh. just chalky yeah so this is the bag that alicia is told to go grab so alicia comes up with the bag okay then terry is made to shove those pills down his mom's throat. Mm-hmm. Now you can say the child abuse. This is fu- like this is the literal child abuse. Correct. This is disgusting. After that, he was ordered to drag his mom into the creek. Ugh. And he was made to hold her head under the water to make sure that she was dead. Terry Jr. After they were sure that Leanne was dead, Kimberly made, and I forget if it was she made Terry do this or she did it herself. Either way, the Jeep was driven into the creek. So that's right. It was found submerged. Her body's found next to it. That's essentially how they left it. Okay. And it seems that Terry like either stepped on Leanne's back to hold her under the water mm-hmm. or on her head or held her but like whatever it was it was some means of force needed though I think she was not awake and not necessarily fighting this she was still alive before right. this and so this was the final way that like essentially they were making sure she oh. was dead so it was like you beat her you shove pills down her throat and then you drown her not only in front of her kids, but m- making her kids complicit. And partake. That is... That is ugly on a very deep level. So after the Jeep was submerged, the three left in the Mustang. And Leanne's body was left to float in the water until it was discovered the next day by that fisherman. Okay. Kimberly made Terry Jr. throw his shirt and cell phone out of the window. Like, there was to be no evidence left behind (sighs) somehow. And then they went back to Leanne's trailer because in the chaos, Kimberly had forgotten the bloody baseball bat on the ground outside. And once there, after they had the bat, Kimberly was like, well, let's see if she's got money inside. Because apparently, like, she hadn't gone far enough. This is the level of piece of shittery we're reaching today oh yeah so she ordered the kids to break into their mom's home i mean none of them had a key or anything so window was broken this is how that blood ended up on the front door and the palm print was left behind this was after the death and this is when kimberly ransacked the house took anything that she really thought was of value Mm. mostly she focused on clothing and jewelry so she packed trash bags and she made alicia help her grab like the nice clothing the nice jewelry and then once they had all of that completely made the trailer look like insane a, yeah, yeah look like a tornado had hit and then they left kimberly told the kids that they were never to speak of any of it again and that if they did what she said it would blow over nobody would know nobody would ask questions and they could move on The next day, 
the three of them could be seen detail cleaning that Mustang. Yeah. Obviously, we know now why. They were told the story that they were to repeat if the police asked questions, Mm -hmm. which later on that day, the police were there and they did ask questions. And so they told that story about Bob and the whatever. That was the story that they were told to say. So this is Alicia's version of the truth. Okay. Of what happened. What you just told me? Yes. Okay. So this is what Alicia's telling them after they said, okay, Clonopin, Bob, bullshit. Yes. What happened? All right. Well, that sounds more believable, knowing all of the players. She also said that when the search warrant for DNA was issued, Kimberly took the kids for a month out of state so that she could delay it before they returned to Tennessee. Hmm. Alicia said that Kimberly was paranoid and she was just sort of trying to save her own ass because she made Terry Jr. write a letter incriminating himself, Hmm. saying he's the one who killed his mom and that he acted alone and specifically said Kimberly had nothing to do with it. I did this. I killed my mom. Hmm. And then that note was stashed in Alicia's backpack. So when Kimberly is like, you should look in Alicia's backpack. I don't know what's going on there, but I think there's something you might want to see. It's the letter that she had made this kid write. When Terry Jr. was interviewed again Mm -hmm. and was kind of had a similar conversation where they said, cut the shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know this story isn't true. He told the same version of events that Alicia told, except his version also said that when he had to write that letter stating that he was the one who killed his mom Mm -hmm. kimberly had held a knife to him while he wrote it and pretty much told him the words to write to exonerate herself to incriminate him and he had like a scar basically from where the knife was pushed into his side oh buddy so that was his version They both said when Terry Sr. was told the truth, Mm -hmm. when Kimberly gets home and the kids are there and she's like, we did a thing. Hey, does something like look different about us? Like, guess what we did last night? Ew. Ew, ew, ew. (laughs) I see these videos, right? And I was laughing about it today because I was talking about it with somebody and... You know, the the wife's on the phone with the husband and she's like, so, you know, when I got pregnant, we told everybody that we got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah. And then she goes, and, you know, when I was in labor, you said we were in labor. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, you know, when I gave birth, you said, like, we gave birth, we had the baby. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, we crashed the car. (laughs) (laughs) right you know something like that yeah it just seemed like to me this is this is that this is leanne this is um this is kimberly going home and she's like so we did a thing yeah because but this is like this is the story we are to tell like this is what happened this is our story and this is what we did you are not to speak of this and this and so he told Damn. he also told the clonopin story right right because everyone in the house did and when he found out what happened he didn't go to the police aye, aye, aye. instead about a month later he disposed of the baseball bat 
which oh, now guy. made him an accessory after the right. fact. So he didn't do anything. He was furious. I don't know if furious because Leanne was dead, furious because his kids were pushed into that. I'm hopeful a combination of all of it. But why he didn't march his ass down to the police department and say, my children have been victimized by this woman and this is what this woman did. And also now my ex-wife is dead. Correct. Like the mother of my children is dead because they were murdered in front of and also by my children. The kids. Due to this woman Ew. both children eventually told of how abusive kimberly really was at first she was loving and doting but as soon as she was married as soon as that ring sat on her finger it changed kimberly talked often about how much she hated leanne and that ended up bleeding over into leanne's children they were half yeah. her she hated leanne she hated these kids They were told by Kimberly that she had connections in gangs and that if they ever misstepped, she'd have them killed. That they needed to listen to her every word she said. She told them awful things about their mom, untrue things about their mom. And again, made them call her and say awful things to her. And she told them on several occasions that she'd kill their mom. And so these kids just grew... They were terrified they grew to hate kimberly but they also grew to dislike their mom you hear so often so many horrible things and all you know is now you don't live with her well exactly. and you're told it's because she didn't want you and you're kept from her so it's not like you can really go see for yourself that that mm-hmm. isn't true but also just the i'm trying to think of the right way to say it but i want to say like the trusting nature of children is that it's hard to imagine a world in where everybody isn't your friend and mm-hmm. everybody doesn't want to see you succeed because that's what you're fed as a kid. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it's true. A lot of people love children and want to see them do well. But when it comes to something like this, yeah, that's scary. But this is still like stepmom. She she must know something. And we live here, right? But I also think just about like all of the... All of the connections and the things that she said to them and how she followed through on one of those. You know what I mean? She Mm -hmm. said, I'm going to kill your mom. And damn it, she did. And it's like, okay, so now I really feel like if I step out of line, you're going to have me killed because now I've seen you follow through with that promise. Yeah, I've watched you murder somebody. Right. It's just fucking depraved. And the whole whole time... This abuse was going on. It wasn't just verbal. It was physical, too. She would hit the kids. She even put cigarettes out on them. That is disgusting. Although, I'm not surprised if he had a scar from where she held a knife to him. Mm-hmm. You know? But that is disgusting. In the end Ugh. here, obviously... Kimberly was arrested, right? We knew this. Mm -hmm. But Terry Jr. was also arrested. Mm. I know he has to be, but... He did tell the truth. He did come forward. But in this really odd way, he kept saying that he'd be tried as a juvenile. And he's like, I won't get in much trouble because I'm a kid. I'm a juvenile. You can't do this. And so while he's kind of admitting everything and talking about it, 
he's also like, but I'm a kid, so you can't really do much. So the grandparents hired attorneys. Good. I don't know that Alicia was arrested. Again, she was 12 at the time. She was 14 when this went to trial. Baby girl. You know, as if she didn't have enough going on just being like, you're in middle school and this is going on. Ugh. Hell. Okay. She, She needs such a fucking hug, dude. So the grandparents hired attorneys for both of those grandkids. Good. And Alicia was able to get an immunity deal nice if she agreed to testify against kimberly yeah which she had no issue doing so in the end kimberly was found guilty of first degree murder and she got a life sentence okay fantastic she's still currently incarcerated hey okay i'll take it terry jr accepted a plea okay this was for second degree murder and he received an eight-year sentence okay he's out he's been out he lives in tennessee good for him you can watch interviews with him i did and then the dad terry senior received one year for accessory okay because he disposed of the bat afterwards so it was accessory after the fact he got a year and of course, Alicia, because of the immunity deal, did not do any time. I think she stayed with other family Good in that time. And Terry Sr. passed away in either 2015 or 2016. I couldn't okay. find a cause of death. There were kind of some mixed like reports there. Okay. But ultimately, he has passed away. And so... These I, poor kids. I would like to end on some final thoughts yeah but for leanne because what she endured was heartbreaking and the final moments of her life were with her children Mm -hmm. but in the most horrific way for all of them involved i i put myself in her position and i think okay i'm terrified i'm scared and i see my kids there and i Maybe don't see them participating in it, but I don't see them doing anything to stop it either. Right. And I know that they're afraid of their stepmom, and I know that their stepmom is a dangerous bitch, but you're knowing that this is happening to you in front of your kids is one thing, but then knowing your kids aren't doing anything to stop it and kind of seem like they're game mm-hmm. because they're not doing anything is another thing. Yeah. And I imagine if you're a mother and god forbid something happens what you are thinking of is your kids right yeah you're thinking of your family you're thinking of the most important thing to you the most important people to you and i have to imagine that that is your children i would assume so so. you're not just thinking of them though you're looking at them but what a dichotomy of the most precious beings in the world to you and the most spiteful end to a life and that ultimately what killed her was her son holding her underwater right was he acting on his own no but he did act but he did act and in those situations where you have to do that because you are in fear of your life Mm -hmm. that is duress that's duress that's horrible that's awful but if you're given like if that baseball bat's on the ground and you could have picked it up and mm-hmm. you could hit, you could beat the shit out of Kimberly with mm-hmm. it, that that alleviates the harm. 
I don't know. There's there's something to be said there. I don't know what the right answer is. I feel pulled in a million different directions because he was 15 at the time. Old enough to be charged as an, ad- as an adult. Right. Old enough where we would typically say, sure, is your brain fully developed? No. But do you know right and wrong? And do you know some of those core base principles? Yes. Yes. By that Part- time you do especially when it comes to life or death situations but that's assuming that he's not having trauma responses and you know there's so many moving parts here and so i struggle with him being charged at all but seeing how he absolutely had to be because then for a year they were silent like that kid still went to geometry Mm -hmm. i just i don't know how you do that and so there's leanne who knew her children do didn't do anything to stop her attack and then it was her son who ultimately made sure she was dead and obviously kimberly's the one to blame she's 100 mm-hmm. percent responsible f- for her actions and i really struggle with terry senior too because how dare you try to deprive your kids of their mom who loved them who did right by them and then how dare you bring that monster into your home without ensuring that there was no harm done to your kids. It's like these kids were failed in all of these different ways. And there's this one report that, you know, Alicia said that her mom had hit her once, that Leanne had hit her. Mm-hmm. I won't say that I know. I, I Truthfully, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I think it could be. But I know that these were questions that were only asked after Kimberly had her hooks in and the kids were afraid to not to say anything positive about their mom in general. Right. And so is there evidence to suggest this? No. Okay. That's the only only little iota of information I have to believe Leanne ever did anything of the sort right and that's a huge if right that's a huge if because those kids swore up and down that their mom came it's yeah she asked she asked my stepmom for drugs i was there and none of that happened well and also you think about it like alicia's 12 when all of this goes down kimberly was around before that Mm -hmm. and that's a very young age like it and she was love bombed in the beginning Mm mm-hmm so you think everything's good and like this is just life and oh my gosh how stressful my mom apparently sucks but thank god I have Kimberly but mm-hmm. oh my god wait Kimberly's also really scary but okay but my mom is bad like and I can just imagine being a child trying to process all of that information coming at you I think where I really struggle with this I really like I really deep in my core struggle with Terry senior Partially because, and this is like a self-admitted anxiety thing, but it scares the shit out of me to think that I could fall in love with someone and get married and they could switch just like that. Uh, And it's not unheard of. Obviously here, there are other people that, you know, have been in community, have been in story and it happens. It's very Mm -hmm. real. 
And so for that, I am so sad for Terry Sr. because he likely didn't think this was the kind of woman that he was bringing into his home. But is it not your responsibility to ensure that it's not to be damn sure? Because your kids are more important than your dick garage. Okay. And if you're leaving, if your job requires Mm -hmm. you to travel, that's like leaving your kid with a sitter that you don't know. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, I feel for him in that way. But children are a far bigger responsibility than just like, oh, I think it's good. And I know that at any given point, everybody's just working with the best they have. But frankly, if you know that their mom is a good mom and you know that she's around and she would do anything for her kids, which by literally every account I've heard about Leanne, she would. Mm hmm. Then I say, okay, fine. Get serious with this other woman. Do whatever the fuck you need to do. But take care of your fucking kids. Leave them with Leanne when you're gone. Have her get to spend time with her kids. Because, yeah, I'm sure it's fucking hard doing everything she was doing. But she was alive to do it. And she had so many passions and people and things that she cared about that you knew your kids would be okay. Mm -hmm. You could rest well i guess knowing that your new piece was good and also like not take the risk with what could happen with your kids but then i think even further to when he finds out and all he does is go along with the story and that really bothers me Because I can imagine as a parent, your mind goes a million places. The first is grief. He's lost someone that Mm -hmm. at least at one point was a very important person to him and led to some of the most important people to him. Mm -hmm. And then I can imagine the frustration and the anger and the devastation that you have to feel to say, whoa okay i knew you didn't like her but you hated her and you hated her enough to kill her and you included my children in that how that wasn't the catalyst that made him march his ass into the police department and say i would like to file a report like mm-hmm. i'd like to give you a statement I mean, to me it's the same as like it if casey anthony were to open a daycare right now has she ever been convicted of child harm no Does that mean you'd leave your kids with her, though? No. Am I taking that chance? Hell no. And so it doesn't matter how great you think Kimberly was. Right. It doesn't matter if there's nothing on paper. You you need to be damn sure. You need to be 100% sure. Well, and the other piece that I struggle with here is like him finding out fine. Even if that takes a minute to process and to decide what you want to do, fine. But the police came and then the police went and then so did a year and nothing. Mm-hmm. And now had he spun this bullshit Conopin story when the cops first came and like later that night or the next day was like, hold on, this really isn't sitting with me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I need to tell you what I know. I'd have so much more respect for that man right now. Yep. Even, even if it took him longer than that, but he did it and he got the kids safe first Fine. Your kids are your priority. I get that. He still let her continue but that's to what abuse I mean. his kids. That is, I can't, I, I can't 
find any justification for that. And for that, like, I definitely agree he's on the shit list, but I am so fucking sad for those kids. I can only imagine the kind of therapy that Terry Jr. will need. Yeah, and they've just, they've been victimized in so many ways. And I, I, I struggle with the sentences. I struggled with Terry being a kid subjected to mm-hmm. unimaginable pain. But then you also consider the victim. Leanne was human, as mm-hmm. flawed as she was because she was human, unfortunately for her. She tried her hardest to be there. She loved those kids. And for it to end like that, I I don't have words. I don't know what you say to that. Well, and I think that part of the devastation here really is... A, it doesn't sound like there was any reason that Kimberly really had to hate her. That, you know, that Leanne did anything or was anything other than just a giving human being who had once been married to her now partner. Yep. But I I struggle with the kiddos because I just... I I really struggle with an eight-year-long sentence for Terry Jr. I think that it is amazing and it is such a gift that his grandparents were able to get him an attorney. I wish that attorney either would have utilized or been in contact with more people who knew about like battered child syndrome and all of these things because I think that, yes, it was a long time ago and we've learned a lot since then, but... If other people are going to have significantly mitigated sentences and follow up for being under duress during a crime, he absolutely fits the definition for that. And he's a youth. And to me that like, yeah, if you want him to go to juvie until he maxes out, that's fine. That's what, six years? I think they max out at 21. But... (sighs) Well, if he was 15 when it happened, he was 17 when I went to trial. Oh, okay, okay. So, well, but even then, though, so, I mean, he got out, what, at 25? Right. And yes, he has a whole life ahead of him, and I'm grateful for that. But in another way, he doesn't. Like, he now has an adult record. He has a history. Not just an adult record, a second-degree murder charge. Which is fucking big. Of his mom. And the idea that we couldn't come together to understand what was really going on there to make a better choice for punishment. Again, I say better. I don't know what the best case is. I don't know. I mean, I know what the worst case is, and that's Kimberly's sentence for Terry Jr., but I just feel like we could have had an a better educated aftermath for the kids and especially when it comes to like Alicia who has now lost her entire family in one fell swoop Mm -hmm. because mom's dead dad's in prison stepmom's in prison or dad's probably in jail and brother's in prison Mm -hmm. and she's 12 14 max Mm -hmm. it's not it's 
it's just fucking devastating. I know. And I want to hug the kids. Even, like, actually, well, both of them equally for very different reasons. But Terry Jr., too. Like, he really... He was also just a kid. And you know it's wrong, but what do teenagers do all the time? Anything they're pressured into doing. It's why peer pressure is such a big thing that we talk about with kids. Imagine it's not peer pressure, it's stepmom pressure, and oh, she's got a knife to your back. And oh, she's got gang connections, and you believe her. Right, and now you've seen her try to kill your mom and damn well succeed, but she's making you do the final piece? I know it. And I just, I, everyone except for Kimberly, I'm conflicted with in some way. Mm-hmm. T- Terry Sr., it's a, it's a very small conflict compared to the rest of them, but the kiddos and Leanne, they just deserve so much better. And I, God, Kimberly is just kind of stupid. No offense. She's a dumb bitch. Kind of offense. No, it's a full offense. She's a dumb bitch. I, and that's what I mean. Like the one brain cell, it's working hard, but there's still only one. I hope someone shits in her ramen every time she saves Ugh. up for it. Ooh, Ooh. good. <laughs> I, I hope stamp. they only have the bad flavors of ramen, which yeah. is funny because they all kind of taste the same. But, um, but yeah, yeah. No, I hope it's all the worst ones. And I hope, I hope she only ever has one ply toilet paper. And I hope her Forever. finger goes through every time. Oh, every time. And every time she has to like wipe or wash that bit of shit out of her fingernails. I hope so. Yep. And then she eats and she goes. And she's like. Yep. That's I hope. so foul. <laughs> God. Yeah. I hope it for. I hope that um, <laughs> every time she has some sort of chores or has to do like cooking in the kitchen. She ends up with like paper cuts so that all the lemon juice stings. I hope Terry Jr. gets a hell of a therapist and he spends some time going in on that because, brother, you're not going to ever live a day where you're not impacted in some way, shape, or form by all those things. Mm -hmm. I hope the same thing for Alicia. I hope Alicia is, like, thriving with structure and good people and she's able to do something good with all of the pain that she's had to endure. Mm-hmm. I hope all of Kimberly's gang connections are like pissed and on the prowl if she ever gets out. No one answers her phone calls, even though she has to pay for them. And I am saddened to hear of Terry Sr.'s death, primarily because now both of his children have no parents. Um, and while I don't believe that he necessarily was a good parent, particularly towards the end there... I feel for and understand what that loss must be to those kids because even a parent who makes grave mistakes and these were disgustingly large mistakes there's a chance for that to get better and that chance is gone so I hurt for them in that way and also I feel like This whole time we've been talking, I have not looked up any pictures. Normally, Allie and I will, like, kind of do that while the other one's talking to get a sense of what's going on. But in my head, I just, I picture Kimberly's teeth as, like, so yellow and rotting. And, like, her skin looks like the leather of a woman who's used a tanning bed every day for 85 years. 
But she's only like like 40. 30, 40s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope. She looks and smells how you imagine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this this is a wild one, dude. Right? You're so right. So on that note. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, if you do want to see all the people, places, things we're talking about, Get some funny memes, some pod pets, the resources that we got for you. You can do all of that over at our Instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that is A B O U T period, T I M E period, F O R period, T R U E period, C R I M E period, P O D because podcast was too long. And if you wanted to send us anything else, a case recommendation, your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, um, what your stepmom used to make for dinner that you're like, oh, so nostalgic. My stepmom was way better than this Kimberly bitch. You can do that to our email. But Allie, where would they email? If you wanted to email us any of those things and or your pod pets, don't forget. uh, You could do that to about time, the number four TC at gmail.com. That's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four TC at gmail.com. We love you. We thank you for hanging out with us. We want to remind you to rate, review, download, tell a friend, tell an acquaintance, do all the things, uh, post, repost, do all the things. And if I look at my clock, that was about time for true crime. Bye. Bye. My dad just weren't too bad this time.